Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, here's your host, Paul it's Lawrence Vance. Wonderful Van. day in the neighborhood. Uh, great day to you all. Uh, it's a beautiful April day. 80 degrees, 80 degrees, mind you. I love it. I just want to be with you today. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Fan, host of Wealth Academy Podcast. And we're going to have a great time doing this session. And don't forget our mantra. Wealth is more than just money. In other words, we appreciate and respect money for what it is. And we actually have relationships with money so that we can help it to grow because that's what it does when it realizes that we know how to handle it. Uh, but what I'm going to talk about today, of course, is this special month that we happen to be in. And this special month happens to be National Financial Literacy Month. And I'm just going to give a little bit of a history on it because it's so important uh, for all of us to be financially literate so that we know how to handle and manage our money. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is that it really took hold in the year of 2000. And I actually remember this time because I'm a financial uh, person by background, uh, 20 years in the United States Air Force, one year in Capitol Hill and working for mobile oil company in the financial arena, working in accounting departments for different organizations as well throughout my career. But uh, it was Jumpstart Coalition that, that really got this off the ground in the year 2000. And that's when they started promoting uh, April as the Financial Literacy Month for youth. And uh, this term stuck. And eventually, of course, it changed to Financial Literacy Month. So it's a national month of celebration. And then in 2003, uh, Congress showed support. So the U.S. Congress, uh, it came in also supporting a Financial Literacy Month and request that the president declare April as Financial Literacy for Youth Month. So it transitioned from that youth to everyone. And then Here's April 2004. S start to see the pattern here. April, <laughs> Financial Literacy Month, the Senate Resolution 316 is passed, and it declared April as the Financial Literacy Month. And then a year later, April 2005, the House of Representatives, they supported Financial Literacy Month, and the bill supporting the goals for Financial Literacy Month was passed by the House of Representatives. And the bill called for the president at that time, President Bush, to announce Financial Literacy Month publicly. He did, and we celebrate it today. So it's relatively new in terms of it being on the scene, but it's something that we all need. So let's talk about it just a little bit. Let's start out with the uh, three components of financial literacy. Now, there are seven components of financial literacy, and they include earning, spending, saving investing, borrowing, and protecting. So I'm going to go down the line with each one of them, uh, primarily because I want to provide you with the components of Financial Literacy Month, and they consist of earning. Uh, when you look in the dictionary to find out uh, generating wealth, a wealth building, it starts with a job, a legal job, mind you. And so that's where the earning comes in. So any starting point for anyone, you have to earn something. If you're an individual working for someone or if you're an entrepreneur uh, through the revenue that you generate and you pay yourself. And then there's spending. Well, we work, 
so that we can afford things, a roof over our head, a vehicle perhaps for transportation if you don't take bus or metro train. And also uh, when we look at the food that we eat, the medical insurance, utilities, if we're in an apartment, et cetera. So we have the earning and now the spending. Then we have the saving. Saving is that difference that we have above what we spend on a bi-weekly, bi-monthly rather, or a monthly basis. And so through the saving, whatever we have left, we put it into an account or what we may call even an emergency fund. And this is very important primarily because we can find out uh, that how many people that through COVID-19 that had a, a savings uh, put aside or emergency fund put aside, and it provided less stress for them as a result of having that fund set aside. And so it's very important to do that. And now so even more, because we don't know what the future is going to hold. Now let's talk about investing. Investing is taking that emergency fund account. Instead of the money just sitting in the bank, you want to invest a little bit, maybe a little bit in real estate, maybe some uh, with uh, the stock market. Uh, perhaps you might even look at investing in another business when you come in with crowdfunding. And so there are different ways in which we can invest. And that's us handling our money, making it grow. It's like uh, if we're planting a garden, we put the seeds in the ground, then we water it periodically, and then we maintain it to get the weeds away. But it's the same thing with money. And by the way, money is made out of a plant. And so what we want to do is to grow what we've earned and take that principal amount that we invest and grow above that to generate uh, some earnings for us. Then we look at borrowing. There may be instances where we have a big loan. It could be something such as a mortgage, or it could be a new vehicle. The other vehicle is broken down and can no longer drive it. So we may have to get a loan for that for a certain number of years. And then if we have a business, then we would have to get something for capital improvements, uh, bringing on new employees, et cetera. So we have to borrow at time. And then lastly, we have to protect what we have. So perhaps uh, we'll have it uh, by incorporating, if we're an entrepreneur, into an LLC or S Corp, uh, but we find our incorporation and we find ways to protect our money. And as individuals, put it into instruments that will protect us. We know with the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, the FDIC, that we'll cover up to $250,000 if we were to lose it. So if you have more than that, then the best thing to do is get several accounts, spread it out, and that way you'll be able to protect yourself. So that's what some of the components of financial literacy are and happen to be. And then, of course, I mentioned that there are seven components. I'll review them again. Earning, spending, saving, investing, borrowing, protecting. And so we also want to look at the investment. So when we look at financial literacy and just come up with a definition for it, just to make things, you know, solid foundation. Uh, it means that we have the ability to effectively, now I want you to really listen to this word. We have the ability to effectively use financial skills and it includes personal financial management, investing and budgeting. So we want to be very good at what we do because money can be fleeting as well. As soon as you earn it, you spend it. So you're in that debt cycle where you over and over, you do something, wash, repeat. And we don't want that when it comes to our money. We want it so that we earn the money, 
we repeat the process and we invest it and help it to grow over time. And so what are some of the variables of financial literacy? The main variables include uh, gender, age, occupation, marital status, education level of an individual and income. And I'll go over those here with you in just a second. And primarily when we look at gender uh, for financial literacy standpoint, men and women have different levels of financial literacy. And a lot of it just depends on how they've been educated, if they've educated themselves, if they've had conversations with family members or uh, with their peers, or they've taken out some time to take a course. And so gender plays a role, but uh, from the survey I've seen that men have a literacy, financial literacy rate of 47% and women 29. Now granted, uh, what I'll say with any survey uh, and the results from polling is that you have to consider the poll that was taken on the survey. It does not mean that men are more financial literate than women, but what it may mean just for that particular survey or poll. Then from the age standpoint, uh, people tend to know more about a financial literacy, those people in that range of, uh, let's say, 35 to 50. They seem to be a little bit more keen on what financial literacy is. Those who are younger, uh, well, one of the things that we can do is teach them through schools where, as in my generation, they didn't offer financial literacy like they do today. And just to give you an idea of uh, what I mean is that in the year 2002, I worked on a finance committee in support of the former governor of Maryland. And on one of those committees, uh, me and others on this committee would go to members of the Maryland State Senate and, and uh, House of Representatives for the state. And uh, we would uh, try to gain their support so we can offer a financial literacy class to students as an, as an alternative and or as an elective at their school. And lo and behold, this year, in the eighth grade, my son actually was going through that program and for that bill that we passed, which was Senate Bill 500. And so we thank the, uh, the Congress, the state, state legislature of the state of Maryland for uh, going forward and supporting that because it's going to make a difference. Now, can I keep my son out of my pocket? That's a whole other episode. <laughs> so we want to look at age, then occupation. It seems to me that whether a person is a doctor and they've been to medical school, a lawyer, been to law school, uh, even an accountant, it takes money to take the test and sit before the boards and you have to actually pass them. And so that's cost a lot of money. So when we look at occupation, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone is more financially literate. It just means their, their income capacity is a little bit larger than person that perhaps worked at a factory or are they doing uh, work, you know, the uh, working at a fast food restaurant. So it all depends. Then the marital status. Well, right there alone, you may have two people with two different perspectives on financial literacy and managing their money effectively, as stated in the definition. And that could be an issue. And for, of course, when we look at the divorce rate, the divorce rate is very high. And what is the biggest issue between couples? It's money, finances, philosophy surrounding it. And so as a result, uh, if the financial literacy uh, is not embraced by both parties of the marriage, uh, both spouses, and really sit down and talk about it and have a conversation surrounding it, there will be problems in that marriage. 
and then education level of an individual. Again, uh, the education level, uh, if it doesn't include financial literacy in it, it's really, uh, it's not much of a driver in terms of a person being more financially literate and savvy, but it may just mean that they're educated in a specific area other than financial literacy. If they add financial literacy to it, then it enhances that education. And of course, the last uh, issue here in terms of variables of financial literacy is income. So uh, again, uh, depending on how much a person earns, it's not necessarily reflective of their level of financial literacy. They are just a money machine, but they don't manage their money property or they have someone else manage it for them. And that's a whole other episode as well. And so again, in keeping to with what I'm talking about today, because financial literacy month is the month of April and this month is almost out of here. It's waving at us. Do you see it waving? I surely do because May is almost here. But what I wanna to say to each and every one of you is I've posted in all the social uh, media and put it out there literally every day this month, whether it was Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. And I've put it out there and just trying to get people. And a lot of people have responded. And so a lot of people are interested in learning as much as they can about financial literacy. And for me, I enjoy giving the information out because most importantly, it's very important thing to do. Now, how can we observe financial literacy month? You may be asking. Hey, great question. First of all, you can take a pledge. We can all take a pledge to observe Financial Literacy Month. And we need to review our attitudes towards our finances. It's very important that we all do it. And then think about if you can commit to change the way you make a financial decision. And taking a pledge to change your decisions will benefit you more in the future. And because we know that with every decision we have, there's a corresponding um, reaction to it. And, and uh, there's uh, whatever decision that we happen to make, uh, there is a, um, a impact on how we actually handle our money. And so we have to be very cognizant of that. And then we wanna urge the government to make financial education mandatory. It's very similar to what I did with the other members of the finance committee with the former governor of Maryland, we requested that they make personal finance education mandatory in schools as well, and uh, high schools and, and even be lower than that, K through 12, up through college. And we need to really focus on the younger generation being more educated and more smart about handling their finances because things in the future are gonna be more expensive. So we need to be very exacting in that. And then of course, we wanna raise awareness about the Financial Literacy Month. And of course, we know due to the pandemic, uh, finances have been affected uh, more than anything. And so it makes Financial Literacy Month even more important. And we should continue to raise awareness about choosing intelligent ways to handle our finances. Again, whatever decisions we make in life, especially when it comes to finances, there's a corresponding uh, consequence that comes with it. And so this is definitely something that we want to be aware of. And let's go over a few facts about Financial Literacy Month. Uh, number one, financial literacy is lacking. In other words, in the U.S., one, of our, one, of, one out of every five students like basic skills of financial literacy. 
So what it tells you is that conversations are not taking place. Perhaps the parents are too busy or the children simply don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be bothered with it until there's no money. <laughs> That's that other episode I was talking about with dad. I don't want something for this, that, another. Well, son, you know, if you had listened to this financial literacy wisdom I had been sharing with you, you know, you shouldn't be asking this question. And then number two, uh, men are more financially literate than women. And again, I put a caveat on this. This may depend on what survey, a poll that was held. And they're not all the same. Women are very savvy uh, when it comes to financial literacy. In the states here, 29% of working women show basic skills of financial literacy, whereas 47% of men demonstrated basic uh, financial literacy skills. So yeah, I think that's uh, really... 50-50. I'll give it a 50-50 on that. Number three, loans are not understood properly. Now, this is so important. It's what I tell everyone. Read the fine print. If you get in the mortgage, read the fine print. If you don't want to read it, get a lawyer or an accountant to read it for you. If you get in a student loan, you definitely need to know this. Here's why. 54% of the student loan holders didn't know about their future monthly payments before taking out their loans. My God. And now they're saddled with debt, don't have a job. The pandemic has impacted their employment abilities and they're saddled with all of this student loan debt. Yes, the government should intervene, but as it stands right now, uh, the president, uh, President Biden, he passed on uh, including it in the 2022 bill. And as a result, he wants Congress to take it up and whatever they come up with, he's willing to sign it. Well, having worked on Capitol Hill and seen governing take place, governing is not taking place in 2021. There are signs and semblance of it, and it should be happening, but it's not. So I would have to say that student loan forgiveness is on the back burner and for a long time. And that bodes really bad for the United States because of the trillions of dollars that we happen to uh, owe uh, other governments in our national debt. And then few are financially educated. According to a national survey, only 20% of adults have participated in financial education. Not good people, it should be more 80%. It should be 80. That's another episode coming up on this. And then we have uh, personal finance skills are important. So some countries, including the US, the UK, Japan, Canada, and Australia, use the skills of personal finance in state programs. In other words, they do offer it, uh, just as the state of Maryland is offering it. And we are thankful that they do, but more states need to do it. It's kind of like the elephant in the room, so to speak. If you don't understand money and how money works, uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. That's episode three, <laughs> because people really know, need to know where they stand in terms of the effectiveness of managing finances. And uh, so that's really what I want to share today. Um, one of the other last things I want to pass on before uh, this episode ends, which I'm really having fun at, as you can tell, it's kind of why do we observe financial literacy month? Well, number one, uh, personal finance education gives us financial freedom. 
uh, we play it plays an integral role in giving people financial freedom and has helped them in taking control of their lives. And that's what we're talking about, financial freedom, being debt free, being able to generate wealth, taking what we earn. And it doesn't have to be a lot, but taking it, saving it a little bit, then investing it, making it work for us. That's really what this is all about. And then secondly, it helps us to keep up with the change in world because we have a global economy. And so by being literate about our finances, assists us to keep up with the changing financial condition of the world. And it changes just like with uh, the UK. Uh, they're no longer part of the European Union. And as a result of that, uh, they've added that monetary system. And then the trading issues are at, at stake. So some changes like this, these are things that we really need to pay attention to because it does affect us in terms of products and services that are being uh, offered and sold between the countries. And then lastly, it helps us to become more responsible. And we all want to be responsible with our hard-earned monies. Now, Financial Literacy Month helps us to use smart ways of making and spending money, and it makes people act as responsible citizens. We can't ask for any more than that. And uh, that's really what today's episode is all about. It's about us being more responsible and how we handle our monies and uh, how we, because that affects our families, our communities, and of course, our country and people and globally as well. So we all want to be responsible citizens and be very financial literate. So again, uh, that's what I want to share with you today. Uh, get out there to Apple Podcasts, rate and review this particular episode and let me know what you think about it. I have you at the top of my mind because I know that you deserve the very best and being financial literate is one of the aspects that helps you to be your best and to live your best. Again, I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. My time is up and I thank you for yours. Feel free to get out there and take a look at the different episodes. I'm at over 125 episodes now. And go to my website, www.wealthacademypodcast.com. Get out there, listen to it, subscribe to my uh, podcast channels. They're on Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stricter, and others. Google uh, Podcasts. Get out there, rate and review. Let me know what you think. I really look forward to connecting with you. And again, our mantra is wealth is more than just money. And today I took you down that path of being a financial literate and being uh, showing you the importance of it. I'll see you on the next episode. It's going to be really a great episode. And I'm looking forward to you uh, doing that. Get out there to Apple Podcasts, as I stated, rate and review this episode on Financial Literacy Month. It's all about you, and it's all about me sharing that information with you. Have a great day. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Fan. See you on the next episode Thank of Wealth listening. Academy Podcast. You will find the Have show notes day. for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy Podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes. 